What's up, guys? Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. I've got a special unlocked episode today. This year, I want to do a lot more in using my platform to have tough conversations and continue to make positive social change. With the recent win of Green Book for Best Picture, I think there was an audible moan heard around the world when it was announced. Certainly, social media blew up in discussing their disappointment or happiness for the film's win, but with some of the discussion being yelling and demeaning back and forth on social media, I wanted to have a calm convo on the subject. So today, I'm joined by film critic and WTOP entertainment editor Jason Fraley to discuss what's wrong with liking Green Book. I'm grateful for Jason joining me to have the discussion as this is a sensitive subject and it's not always easy to dive into race relations and how we interact with one another. However, he believed in the importance of having this conversation just as much as I did. So it's a nice conversation between friends and film critics that I think you'll enjoy. Let me know what you thought of the conversation and chime in on social media. Everything is at Picture Lock Show. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give the show a five-star review and share it. It only helps to further expose the filmmakers, guests, and conversations I have on the show. Stay tuned for another weekly radio episode hitting the feed tomorrow. But until then, please enjoy this conversation between myself and Jason. Uh, Hey, everybody. This is Janet Pearson, director of South by Southwest Film, and you are listening to Picture Lock. Hello, this is two-time Academy Award-winning, two-time Primetime Emmy-winning, and distinguished artist in residence at American University, Russell Williams, and you're listening to Picture Lock with Kevin Sands. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a Picture Lock Unlocked episode. I'm so excited about this episode because I get to be joined by one of my good friends, Mr. Jason Fraley, editor of WTOP Entertainment. Jason, what's going on, man? Hey, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me back. We, uh, I feel like we've kind of grown up as critics together. We both got out of AU film school at the same time, and I think I was on your first episode of Picture Lock, and we've had you come into WTOP to talk DC Black Film Festival a bunch, and so yeah, I think it's been a, it's been fun watching us rise together. I guess. I know, <laughs> I guess man. You'd say. Yeah, most definitely. I'm thinking I'm going to use that uh, first episode photo that's still on the Facebook uh, home, I guess, pit page picture or profile picture for uh, Picture Lock. It's, it's both you and I sitting across the table from each other. So I think it'll be perfect for this conversation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, we've grown up in the industry together. We went to AU together. Uh, graduated at the same time, and you know it's 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 kind of crazy how our, our careers have have gone. But it's it's good for us to be able to have uh, conversations. And I think with this conversation, it's kind of like one of those in-house conversations that you and I usually have, but we're actually letting the rest of the world in. So I appreciate you doing this. Well, uh, when you reached out to me and asked, I, I thought immediately, I thought, what a, what a great idea because, like you, I'm sure ever since Oscar night and the next day. Um, man, trying to play peacekeeper on, you know, with all the, the Twitter hate back and forth throughout, you know, different, our different listeners and even, you know, and on Twitter, it's, you know, worldwide as well, but trying to play peacekeeper that whole day, the next day, <laughs> I, no joke, went home in my fiance's arms and like almost cried. It, it almost made my heart so heavy just wow. to hear, um, the, the, just the vitriol going back and forth. So hopefully, hopefully we, you know, this conversation will 
would be sort of a healing one. Yeah, exactly, man. And I, I, I know we're good people to do it because, I, you know, I, as I had, te I text Jason about, hey, let's do this. Let's talk about Green Book, the controversy surrounding it. Um, we both kind of come from opposite sides, but I was like, I know you and I will be able to hug it out after we finish the conversation, no matter <laughs> what. So, <laughs> so yeah, folks, like, let's go ahead and, and, and pay paint context for this conversation. So basically, um, what we want to talk about is what's wrong with liking Green Book um, and looking at it from both sides. So I don't really have, uh, you know, extensive notes. This is really just a conversation between two friends. Uh, Jason is brave enough to have the conversation. I guess I'm brave enough to have the conversation as well. Um, but really, I think, especially in our political times, as, as you can attest to, Jason, um, sometimes we don't seek to understand each other. So being able to talk out both sides and being able to not only talk, but listen, um, will really help as I think, uh, ultimately bring out, bring about some healing. So, so yeah, Jason, um, how can we, how can we start this off, man? I mean, I guess we both, so the, the story is we both went to the Middleburg Film Festival. We both saw the film at the same time. We sat we're sitting next to each other, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We sat right next to each other. We we laughed throughout the 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 film, you know, and that was the only film that we both saw, I believe, that at Middleburg got a standing ovation. So so we both walked out of the theater enjoying it. Um, and then over time, <laughs> I've gotten soured to the film, and I think Jason still enjoys it. So, Jason, maybe I'll let you go ahead and kick us off, man. Why, why do you enjoy the film? Well, yeah, I remember, I think it all started that day at Middleburg that you're talking about. We were sitting there. I mean, there was a bunch of us critics there, you know, um, you know Travis Hobson and, and Film Gordon. And I can't hear it. Was Nell with us or Arch Campbell? I can't remember. There was a bunch of us sitting there together, but you right. and I were next to each other. And I remember, I just remember it being an experience where we were there and, you know, those Middleburg screenings, it's, it's, you know, there's us critics, but then there's also, you know, people that just, you know, from the community that regular folks that come up and, you know, paid a ticket to watch the movies. And it's the first time on, you know, the East Coast, well, maybe other than New York, but it's the first time in the East Coast that we get a, a shot, a look at all these, um, what will bound to be Oscar winners. Um, but we get to see him in October because of Sheila Johnson. She, I mean, we don't. Do we need to set her up? She co-founded BET. She moved with her ex-husband, and she moved here. <laughs> I think we're good. Let's and, all focus. that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, but anyway, so Middleburg's great, and they're showing the movie, and I just remember looking around the audience, and um, I, I just remember scene by scene, everyone warming up to the movie a little bit, not sure what to make of it, and then I think. Uh, I think just the buddy comedy. I think everyone was starting to laugh. Everyone was enjoying it. And it's just sort of a sweet movie. I mean, it was a modest budget movie. I think it was like $23 million they made it. Um, I, at that time, back in October, it's hard to go back there. But I don't think it really knew all this, you know, heat was going to be, you know, thrown on it at that point. I think it was just set out to tell, you know, a sweet little, you know, movie about, you know, friendship um, across racial lines. Um, and, uh yeah, I remember coming out of that experience, it got a standing ovation by this, you know, by this diverse audience. And I remember thinking, okay, like I, I, I posted on Facebook that day. I said, calling it now, I think it's going to win Best Picture. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and then to your point, as time goes on, you know, you do your year end of the, you know, year in Best List. I loved it there too. Um, I had that in Black Panther um, at the top. And then, um, 
you know, you, you go away for the holidays you, and you come back and all of a sudden, you, you know, we're in early January and I'm seeing all these articles about, you know, the behind the scenes controversies and, uh, you know, that maybe they didn't consult the family enough. And then um, and then you see, you know, some maybe less than less than articulate things that, you know, may, or maybe even defensive things that the filmmakers are saying um, in, in media. Um, you know, it, it's that usual Oscar season think pieces that are happening. Um, and then, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar penned another piece sort of, you know, defending the movie a little. Um, so it was just fascinating to watch. Um, but, uh, you know, once it came time for Oscar week, I, I, I honestly think it, it was just that movie that. It was sort of that little engine that could, that won at the Globes, that won at the Producers Guild. I think the signs were there all along. I don't think people should have been that shocked by the win. I know the Vegas odds were saying Roma, but I think it was sort of that that one. You know, Hollywood always does this. You know, do the right should things, do the right things should be driving us Daisy. Years from now, I guarantee you can already tell we're going to look back and say, well, Black Panther was the big phenomenon of this year. Um, I, I don't know, think the Spike Lee to Spike Lee comparison with Black Klansman and Do the Right Thing is necessarily the, the comp. People jump there because it's Spike, but I actually think Black Panther will be the one that everyone says that this year was the was the one that you know unjustly lost. Um, but the Academy always does that. They sort of go with that second or third, you know, the the slightly safer version. And then in hindsight, you know, history usually wins out in another movie right. takes over. But yeah, so 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 that that's Jason's side. My I think my thing was, you know, um, after seeing it, and 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 let's let's go back even to what you said, right? A diverse crowd at Middleburg. Honestly, the crowd is not diverse at Middleburg. For the most part, it is. Like you said, it's people that are that either a live in Middleburg or, as we know, when we're in line, like it's folks that this is kind of their vacation. Like this is because we will hear in line ah oh, when I was in France or whatever. So there's a certain demographic of people that are there. So for me, it, it became it started to become like one of those hindsight things, right? Like in the moment, uh, I think when whenever I go to a film festival, it d definitely depends on the crowd and that you could feel the spirit in the air. And even film Gordon, Tim Gordon himself, who is also a black critic, he was like, you know, a good movie, you can feel it in your bones. And as, you know, the film was going on, he was like, oh, yeah, I got, this, is a, this is a good film. I think we all felt that way. But then when I was, you know, as soon as I got back, I saw on Twitter that it, someone was like, this is another white savior film. And then I was like, really? Like, but what about, you know, Mahershala Ali and how he helped, you know, Tony to, you know, actually, he educated Tony, because Tony is not as educated as uh, Don Shirley's character, right? And so, and so then, you know, just kind of reading and, and looking at, you know, uh, everything that was starting to come out about the Shirley family and how uh, Don was actually in touch with his family um, and how, uh, you know, they weren't consulted on the film and things like that. It really kind of had me thinking like, oh, wait, well, well, that's not cool, you know. And, and then also, one of the things that I said uh, as I left the film was Mahershala Ali should be up for um, best actor. But we know that they're going to put him as best supporting. And they had already been calling that because of the quote unquote fact that he doesn't come in until about 20 minutes into the movie. Now that in and of itself, I felt was like a issue and a problem because this film is about Don Shirley. And honestly, if you took out, uh, you know, Don Shirley, no one wants to see a film about 
Tony Lip because at the end of the day, like I don't think he's very significant. The significant person in the film is Don Shirley. And so right. so for me personally, I do remember when I came out of it, I was like, he needs to be up for a best actor. And I wish I had a, the big enough platform to be able to push that because I do think that he was such an in integral part of the film. And obviously he did win the Academy Award. He did uh, a phenomenal job playing Dr. Shirley. I, I guess I will finish out my thought was just that as, as I kind of heard the controversy and then as I went back and thought about the film and in and of itself, um, I was like, wow, we didn't really spend a lot of time um, learning about Dr. Shirley. So you can kind of on on one hand, you can say, well, would we ever have learned about uh, Dr. Shirley without this film? I think that there's some merit to that. Like uh, if the film wasn't made, we might not realize, you know, for some of us, we wouldn't realize about this historical figure. But on the at the same time, if we're doing a film that's, you know, about him and and, and Honestly, I think it was about the friendship, the relationship between the two guys. That's what the heart of the film is trying to get at. But at the same time, I don't think that Dr. Shirley was, um, how can I say, I don't think that the, the film lifts him up in the way that it could have. And so um, I wanted to, I wanted to play, it's, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Just to, just to, before we go into the clips, um, yeah, um, I, it's a great point that, I mean, to me, we're talking with, it's, it should be a double bill. It's a double lead. I mean, they should both be up for best actor. I'm sure that was sort of, you know, behind the scenes, jockeying, positioning, politicking to see, you know, so they're not competing against each other. But it's Doc, that's Don Shirley's movie. I mean, the way the script's written, you know, they, they, they make it Tony Vallelonga's movie and, you know, but... The, honestly, it's it should be it should have been them both up for leads. Like Viola Davis was nominated for supporting for Fences, she could have been lead actress. I think that goes on a lot just to you know try to secure a, a win in certain categories. Um, but I mean, it should have been double. I mean, honestly, in Rain Man, is Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman are they any is one a supporting? No, they're both leads. Or Lethal Weapon, Mel Gibson and and Danny Glover, they're they're both the leads. Forty Eight Hours, they're both the leads. So Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte. So I. I, yeah, this is one of those where it's in a buddy comedy. I think they're both the leads. I think they should have been both up for lead actor. Yeah, so because Jason is the uh, you know film genius with all that. In in those situations, have you know in previous award shows, have they both been billed as leads, or you know Mel Gibson is the lead um, and Danny Glover is best supporting? I think because because my point is, I think that it kind of exposes an issue that the Academy has had. By the way, um, I don't know what you think, but I thought that the Oscars was actually uh, very enjoyable. It was one of the more enjoyable uh, programs that I've seen in a while. Having no host was great. I do think that we, you know, saw a lot more of diversity in terms of um, the winners. And so I felt like we can see a changing of the guard going on. But at the same time, I felt like the Green Book win was still remnants of the old guard. Yeah, a lot of the people that that I spoke with um, that that took issue with the win basically were similar to saying what you're saying, where it was the whole night was this excitement. It feels like we're turning a page. You know, we you know they took steps a couple years ago after the Oscars so white controversy to make you know to diversify the the Academy membership, and it looked like boom boom, it's paying off. This award, this award, Black Panther's winning all. You know, is winning the historic wins for hair and makeup and and for production design for building Wakanda. We have all. You know, and then 
Um, and then at the end, it, it almost felt like there was that cold water thrown on it for for a lot of viewers with Green Book. Um, I but I, I mean I love Green Book. Um, and I and overall I do. I mean I did a post about this the other day on Monday. Like I do think we're moving in the right direction. I mean I think, you know, yes, Green Book won this year, but four out of the last six best pictures have been helmed by helmed by a person of color. Best directors gone to a person of color six out of seven of the last years. Damien Chazelle was the only one. The rest, it's I. Uh, and I think they've all been Mexican filmmakers. But we're still, um, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We're still, but it, that, that's people of color as well. I mean, it's not it shouldn't right, be so right, black right, and white. Right. But, uh, but yeah, but I mean, I think we are. Point being is, I think we are overall, you know, trending in the right direction. Spike finally got his. Regina finally got hers. You know, I think we are overall. So, uh, you know, I guess just just let's uh, let's keep the bigger picture. I think we are moving in the right direction overall. Yeah, I agree. So, so, and one of one of the questions, I guess, um, and I want to play. I want to get this clip in. So we have limited time, but um, in the same way that it, it matters, the, the images that we put up on the big screen and the subconscious messages that are told through those films, uh, it does matter who wins best picture, right? And it, it, it does matter if, um, and granted, again, we're talking subjective, but for me personally, if this film wins and it has so much controversy around it and it goes back to kind of some of those older films like uh, Driving Miss Daisy and there's a certain way that race relations is celebrated by the Academy, that is an issue versus, you know, again, a do the right thing that is truthful, it's kind of ugly, it's nasty, but it really kind of addresses uh, race relations in a way that's, that's super honest um, so that we can have these conversations afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess maybe we should dive into the clips and the controversy. But I, I will say, you know, Moonlight won two years ago. Barry Jenkins had his big moment. I do think I don't I don't think this is a total two steps for or one step forward, eight steps back. I think I think overall we shouldn't panic. I think we're moving in the right <laughs> direction. All right, let's get into some of the controversy real quick. Um, this first clip is from Kimberly Foster. She is uh, the founder of For Harriet, and so she does a lot of think pieces. Um, and on in this particular one, she was addressing Green Book and if it was bad or not. Now, this can be found on Facebook. I'll be, I'll make sure to have the uh, the link in the show notes if you want to see the whole entire thing because it's a thirty minute uh, talk to the camera. Um, but right here, when we go into it, she's making a. a some sound arguments, I think, of what's wrong with the film. But in this moment, she's talking about the film's end scene. So Don drives uh, Tony home to make it in time for Christmas, and then Tony invites him, uh, invites Don up for dinner. And then she goes in a little bit more about the Academy Awards and all that stuff. So let's go ahead and hear that. That's the, that's the problem. It is not enough to have one black and the forces that make life so terrible for black people and for black queer people in particular because that's who Don Shirley was is not just about are you nice to me it's are you contributing to systems that oppress me so yeah you're friends and you're inviting me over for Christmas Eve dinner what are your feelings on the police what are your feelings about segregation what are your feelings about voter disenfranchisement i mean it's like and then to try to mask it with well this is a true story girl i do not care i do not care about your dead racist father i don't the academy awards should be ashamed not only for the best picture but for best original screenplay 
Really? That to me is a travesty. But what makes it even worse is that the writers of this film and the director of this film are so obviously racist. They are so, if, if they had made this film with old school politics and they had come out espousing new, interesting, progressive views about race, some people might have been able to say, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But the fact that, oh, the filmmakers and the star, Viggo Mortensen, keep saying this all lives matter stuff, that they have a history of saying racist things, of doing things that are sexually inappropriate, of minimizing the concerns, the very valid concerns that black people and critics have brought up and that they address them in the most disrespectful way possible. The fact that during the Academy Awards, Mahershala Ali was the only person to say Don Shirley's name. We don't trust you. You're untrustworthy. It is disgusting and despicable that you saw fit to tell this man's story in this way. It is wrong. Cause you're racist. <laughs> wow. Uh, obviously, um, you know, Kimberly Foster, she definitely is opinionated and I do uh, enjoy a lot of her think pieces. Um, but you know, th there's definitely some strong words. Uh, so I, I don't know, Jason, what do you, what do you think about what she had to say? Because I think what she's doing is she's painting a picture of kind of analyzing the film in, in regard to like, the beginning when I was talking, when she's talking about um, how it's more than just, hey, did you have somebody over for dinner? It's also like, what are you trying to do to, um, you know, break down uh, barriers for equality and things like that? But then also getting into, you know, um, obviously as this film has came out, you know, Vigo said the N word after, you know, a post screening, um, and Peter Fairley had, they dug up, you know, tweets from the past in which, uh, he was saying he would expose himself to women. So, you know, it, I thought it was a really interesting thing she had to say, but Jason, what did you think? First of all, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with her entirely that they that it was a big mistake that they didn't, other than Mahershala, didn't thank Dr. Shirley in their speeches. I think that it was a huge mistake and, and maybe actually telling of exactly what you're talking about, that if the focus is pulled so much off of him that you don't that you forget to mention him in your speech, maybe you need to you know look a little bit in the mirror. And, you know, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt on it, but um, like you're saying, it makes it their their sort of past discretions and things makes it harder whether you go to the you know the Valalonga's 9/11 tweet or uh, Fairley's you know jumping around you know he's making silly dumb and dumber or something about married comedies at the time and it was a different time but still flashing people on set I, I granted different 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 time but it does make it hard to you know to to die on that hill, you know, like to leap through <laughs> their, you know what I mean? And it's not like it's just even, you know, directorially groundbreaking movie. It's not, you know, as, you know, I think it's more of a script and performance movie. It's not, there's not like massively amazing shots in the movie. It, it just makes it hard to want to die on the hill of that, of Green Book for those reasons. Um, but on the other hand, she, you know, she mentioned, she brought up Scorsese there. Um, it, it was how she, you know, she's been watching, you know, Italian American movies. Um, I mean, he, that's where, I mean, he was snubbed for many years, just like Spike. I mean, you didn't see him storm out of the academy, the ceremony when Dances with Loves beat Goodfellas. Um, I, so <laughs> I don't know. 
I just feel like, uh, and, and and to to Sparks' defense, I think he did. You know, after he had time to calm down and everything, you know, afterwards, you know, he 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 actually found some funny ways to do it. Where he said, you know, the, to the British reporter, it wasn't my cup of tea. And I'm just smiling as he's jumping around. You know, it was. I think there were better. More, uh, I don't know, I guess more thought-out answers after, in the heat of the moment, of course you'd want to storm out. Um, especially since it happened, he said, every time someone's driving somebody, I lose. You know, that was the driving Miss Daisy comparison. But in the end, I don't know, I think you just, I think you, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. That's just sort of how I've always lived. And um, I think um, I think the, the clip we just heard, I think, makes a million great points until, I don't know, the part that I bail is, is when she's furiously flat out labeling the filmmakers racist that's sort of where i bail um that's the honey and vinegar thing to me i, I mean she she has a right to believe that but um to me i think that's where a lot of folks in the white community are are i think it's it, it becomes preaching to the choir i think they're gonna tune out and not, i think you gotta that i think you gotta come a little softer gloves to try to win people over and and to me what what the the quote-unquote just racist label um and this is what i dealt with twitter on the other day is I, does I, does that mean that, that if you're implying then that Octavia Spencer and Mahershala Ali are at worst racist or at best, you know, Uncle Tom's or what have you? And I, I really don't I don't know. I don't think so. I really do think their hearts are in the right place. I think when I I mean, she was the first black executive producer to win an Oscar for producing this movie. And Mahershala becomes this joins Denzel as the two time, you know, African-American best actor winner. Um, I, I really don't. I really don't think Menace was in their hearts any more than than uh, Farrelly's was. I really think you know maybe you could say they were inartful or they should have done their due diligence and talking to the family more that kind of thing. But I don't know. I, to call them racist, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I think I really do think their hearts were in the right place. But that's maybe that's me giving too much a benefit of the doubt. So so this is this is the interesting part, and this is when I realized that we do not have enough time to finish this conversation. <laughs> Um, because I think it's in, like to bring in um, the black people that worked on the film. Um, I think that that is an argument that, granted, uh, on one hand, sure they have to be they they were part of it, so we got to hold them accountable for that. But at the same time, as a black person in film, knowing how hard it is to get films made about black people in certain cases. I feel as though Octavia Spencer, Mahershala Ali, you know, these guys, they, they saw it as a great opportunity to highlight someone who is magnificent in, you know, our history, right? Because Mahershala Ali has even said he didn't realize that the family wasn't talked to, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and that's that's one of the big things is the spin that has come on this since the controversy. You know, you think about Birth of a Nation with uh, Nate Parker and, uh, you know, the controversy was going to come out. The fact that, you know, he was acquitted of, you know, what had happened in his past, but he was not able to spin things like they have been. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, man. I, I feel as though, you know... Trying to get films that are made, you know, about black folks in history, it's not always the easiest thing. I think we're definitely moving in the right direction, as you said, and we're getting a better handle on seeing everyone's films, right? Because I think that's the biggest thing for me personally, and the reason I want to have this conversation is because we need to learn everyone's history so that we we can better understand one another, right? Um, I want to know, you know, some of the history of Southeast Asians, you know, and and be able 
able to celebrate them. So I think that's one of the things that movies can do. But the but the argument is who is telling the story and through what lens are they telling it? And I think that's kind of why, like, over time, um, my opinions kind of changed. And then looking back at, yeah, wait a second, like, the way that it was told, it was more from Tony. And then the fact that, you know, when you get up, like, if it wasn't for Don Shirley, this film would not be anything. Like, he is the talent. So right. to not mention his name, to me, is very telling of it doesn't matter how nervous you are. The first thing you should say, and even if you're Nick Balalonga, is, man, I just want to thank my dad and Dr. Shirley, because without them, we wouldn't have a film. And so the fact that you don't mention him, I, th I thought that there was something... Definitely something wrong there. But hey, let's go ahead and play this clip in which uh, the producers, uh, and actually it's Nick Vellalonga, it's right after they received their award, um, they answer that question as to. I'm wondering if, um, since Donald Shirley was omitted from the thank you speech, that you had anything that you wanted to say about Donald Shirley. And also I'm wondering if the controversy surrounding the storytelling and the lens through which the story was told um, will change the way that you tell stories in the future. Uh, you get nervous up there. Don Shirley, obviously, we all thanked Mahershala, gave him a great thank you. Don, if, you're, if you're discussing the Don Shirley family thing, that falls on me, but Don Shirley himself told me to not speak to anyone. He told me the story that he wanted to tell. He protected his private life and all the things, other things about him, that, miraculous things about him. He was an amazing man. He told me, if you're going to tell the story, you tell it from your father, me, no one else. Don't speak to anyone else. That's how you have to make it. As and also, he told me, don't make it till after I pass away. So I just kept my word to that man. Uh, I wish I could have reached out to Don Shirley's family. I didn't even know they really existed until after we were making the film and we contacted his estate for, for, for uh, music. And then uh, the filmmakers, we, we invited them all to screenings and discussions. But I personally was not allowed to speak to his family per Don Shirley's wishes. I'm an Italian from New York. They call that a stand-up guy. I kept my word to the man. And that's the reason for that. So, uh, but Don Shirley uh, and my father together had an amazing story together and went on the road and changed each other. And I think that comes out, that's why the film is what it is. It's because of the both of them. So, you know, Nick, Nick Vallelonga, he says, you know, he, get, he gets nervous up there. He explains a little bit of, of the controversy and how, you know, he was told by Dr. Shirley not to put out the film and not to talk to his family. So I guess we might have to take him on his word, but it, you know, I don't know. There's something there that kind of just didn't sit right with me. Um, and, you know, again, I felt like it was more of a spin answer saying that, you know, I'm Italian. We call that a stand up guy. It's almost like he's giving himself a pat on the back and trying to say, hey, it wasn't me. It was Dr. Shirley. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's it's fishy to me. And then again, this goes back to, uh, I guess, what I, I was thinking is, you know, can a film be. Uh, 
good, right? So when I initially watched the film, I, I thought it was a good film. But then, uh, you know, the people making it um, can that be a totally different story. And so it's kind of like the art versus, you know, the people making it. You know, obviously we have like Woody Allen, Roman Polanski. Are we going to throw away Rosemary's Baby and film history due to, you know, Polanski? Or, you know, can we celebrate the art but not the, the art maker? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's a much larger question to Rosemary's Baby's Annie Halls, you know, especially if they did they happen before their accusations. I mean, that's a home, that's a different podcast, I guess, but I mean, it, it ties in here, and I think your point is 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 a good one. It's um, you know, it's can if if a if a movie is 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 uh you know racially insensitive or downright racist, is is can you find good things in it? I think um, I, I don't, I think absolutely you. There's movies that, in the extreme, you know, you have your Triumph of the Wills, you know, your Nazi Lenny Riefen style documentaries on that front. Um, that's, I think that's a whole different conversation than, right. than Green. Green Book is a little more of that plays in that gray area, I think, because I think it does try to, you know, flip conventions a little bit. Um, maybe, maybe, you know, I mean, it's definitely, it wades into it, it skates right on that ice, and whether you think it breaks through that ice or not, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, your, your perspective. Um, so I don't know. I, I think um, uh, in regards to the clip, at least, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like it was a passion project for him and, you know, honoring his dad. And um, if you do want to take him for his word, saying that, you know, it, you know, that he talked to Dr. Shirley and in that clip, he just said that, you know, Dr. Shirley himself said, just tell it from the perspective of, you know, you and uh, me and your dad and no one else. And uh, if 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 let's say hypothetically just for the sake of this argument if if we are taking him at his word um if dr shirley did in fact say that he was estranged from his family then the family's answer is exactly kind of what you think they would say they would be outraged at it but we're getting into a he said she said thing um the family claims that they weren't friends at all and would never have had a ride down the road like this um i think kareem pointed out in that piece that there was that documentary lost bohemia in 2010 that shirley directly said that they were friends so it's kind of like who do you believe in there but at the very at the very least they should have done more due diligence and maybe maybe that's the lesson maybe that's the takeaway that that for you know maybe for filmmakers let black filmmakers tell their own stories um and if a white person is to take on one of those stories make sure you gotta do your due diligence there <laughs> right yeah. you know but for, but for, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no I, I agree with you 100%. And I think that's one of the big things that folks are saying, right? So even Kimberly Foster, if you get a chance to listen to her whole 30-minute um, you know, speech or a talk conversation about the film, she even says that. She says, I think uh, Dr. Shirley's family is telling half the truth, and I think that Nick Vallelonga is telling half the truth. Because she was like, listen, as you know, I've been around you know, a black family, and if your family member is gay, then yeah, there's probably a little time where they were estranged. Um, especially at that time, especially at that time. Exactly, and so so even to her point, she was like, yeah, there's probably they probably weren't speaking to each other for a bit, but was it like his whole entire life or whatever? Probably not. And so you know, it it it, it is one of those interesting kind of uh, back and forth. But I think like the point that you're making at the end is that listen. We definitely want to let, uh, you know, 
people of color tell their own stories because when you tell your own story, like you've lived it, you're going to bring a lens to it that other people are not going to uh, bring to it. At the same time, does that mean that Jason can't tell my life story? No, Jason could tell my life story if you're equipped to do it. But I think, like you said, Jason, you got to do your due diligence and, you know, strive um, strive for per- perfection, even though we know, like, you know, there it, it might be imperfect, but try to cross all the uh, T's and dot all the I's in order to honor the subject that you are um, telling the story about. Absolutely. And I, and I do think that, I mean, yeah, we're talking about they're both probably telling half truths and then both the spin machine starts on both. And then we're at that point, we're just spiraling in, in further and further away until we get to Oscar night. And then it's, you know, hate back and forth, mild tough cocktails thrown back and forth at each other. Um, I think I just, I really want people to, um, I just, I, I want moviegoers and especially on Twitter when you're on anonymous handles, just don't always assume the worst about other people. You know, like I think conversations like this are great, but I do think out of all of it, you know, when the dust settles, um, you know, history will tell whether it's, you know, we'll talk about Black Panther or whatever this year. But um, in, in the more immediate future, I think good has come out of it. I think out of out of the whole controversy, I think people are thinking about, you know, the whole white savior trope more. I think that, you know, movies like Help or Hidden Figures just a couple years ago, Blindside, everyone clapped and it kind of went away. Now the whole white savior concept is being talked about in the mainstream. I even found myself, of all movies, I was showing my fiance Boyhood the other day. You don't think it's about race at all. I even found a white savior moment in Boyhood when <laughs> uh, Patricia Arquette talks to the the Latino groundskeeper and says, you should go to school one day. And he comes back around and thanks her um, in the restaurant later. I thought, wow, like even movie, this shows up in places that we don't even think about. Um, uh-huh. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Like, America, <laughs> but um, right, right. but yeah, yeah, but I, I don't know. So I think I think Richard Linklater, if he sits down, a great filmmaker, if he sat down today after the Green Book controversy, he probably doesn't put that in the movie. So I think that I think we are we are making you know making that progress here, and I do think I do think that you know we we are coming a long way, and um, you know I I don't know. I guess there's a place for all of it. I do think there's a great place for for Spike Lee to have that really hit you in the face ending, that Charlottesville ending. I think. You know, there there are moments where we have to call racism for what it is. I mean, the idea of good the president saying good people on both sides after that is that's racist. Starting his whole campaign with a birther conspiracy, that's racist. A Virginia governor with you know the KKK blackface in his yearbook, that's racist. And you got to call that um, just like you do with the triumph of the wills. I think Green Book it's it dances in that gray area a little more, but I think it gives you know good conversations like this. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so, unfortunately, I'm going to have to bring this to a close because I got to go get my son. But I think what you had said, Jason, is the reason I was saying uh, aha is because in all my research, and as you know, being the director of the DC Black Film Festival, I'm really starting to dig back into, you know, the history of filmmaking. And there's always been this juxtaposition of two different images, at least, and I'm talking specifically for black folks. And so it has been so ingrained into the films that we see that sometimes we don't even notice these subconscious messages. And so I right. think the the big controversy and the reason that black Twitter gets 
up in arms and there's this is another good debate and i gotta go get him but um <laughs> a lot of people have said hey black twitter actually kept the buzz going about green book because everyone was complaining so much instead of letting it die and perhaps it would have died off after that controversy and you know we wouldn't be talking about it anymore but because we were talking about it you know no press is bad press types type thing um we kind of went that way but anyways i do think that's what it is about man i think that's what uh, you know for the folks of color especially that are up in arms about this it's about uh the way that the story is told uh the lens that you know who was telling it so i gotta hop off but jason if you could for folks that want to find out more about you follow you on social media what is your handle Oh, yeah. On Twitter, it's at jfray, J-F-R-A-Y, W-T-O-P. So at jfray, W-T-O-P on Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, and then you can I, I write a story and on air and online every day on WTOP.com. If you just click the entertainment page there and follow me on Facebook. Let, yeah, uh, we're not going to solve race relations in comment sections. Uh, <laughs> right. Social media people. I mean, seriously, it's people just digging deeper on there. But. Um, so, but that's why I appreciate you having a conversation like this, man. It really, I mean, I think you can get accomplished more like in, in, a, in a format like this. Yeah, man. Well, first off, I really appreciate you uh, coming on, just being honest about your thoughts. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, film is subjective. And I think that we all bring our story and our years of living life to the theater and so you know some people might not see the issues within it while others because we've lived it see the issues within it but i think that having a conversation like this is where it starts to really uh as i said in the outstart seek to understand one another so thanks again brother i appreciate it let's keep seeking it what if you could have a film critic, film festival director, film publicist, and fellow filmmaker guide you with your film's PR and marketing journey from pre-production to post? I'm Kevin Sampson, and my online course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker, does just that. In this course, I'm going to teach you how to set up your film to engage an audience and build a community long before you call action. I'll show you how to approach critics to make them aware of your film like publicists do, and as a director of two film festivals, I won't just teach you hacks and secrets to reduce entry fees, but how you can use the festival circuit to create buzz around your film. I'm a huge supporter of diverse storytelling and film, and I believe the most unique voices come from indie filmmakers. That's who I've supported over the years with my show, Picture Lock, whether on TV or on radio. With as much experience as I've had as an independent filmmaker myself, critic, publicist, and festival director, I realized that most indie filmmakers just need access to the knowledge that big firms provide to achieve success. So in this course, I'm going to demystify some of the process and give you everything I know in a behind the scenes look at the sides of the business you don't always see. So if you're an indie filmmaker that's looking to change the game with your film's PR and marketing, make sure you check out PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Head on over to PRForTheIndieFilmmaker.com and get a free preview of the course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Get your film seen, build community, and become an army of one.